1: Alright, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I have some exciting news. I just got word that uh, Exodus is introducing the all-new Exodus Rival. The Rival is a budget-friendly cell cam that is reliable, hardworking, easy to use, but still feature-rich. Over the last year, the Exodus team has been working hard behind the scenes, building their next generation of cameras, taking consumer feedback and delivering it, in their opinion, the best budget cell cam on the market. The Rival is a budget-friendly cell cam coming in at $179. The camera flat out works, and of course, it's backed by the Exodus Advantage 5-year, no BS warranty, which in my opinion, is literally the best warranty out there. The Exodus Rival is built with the same durability you're used to when it comes to the Exodus, but with the lightning-fast cellular capabilities, easy-to-use setup, and great photos while developing the Exodus Rival Rival. Their goal was to design a simple yet very effective cellular trail cam that flat out works. Here's some of the the specs on the camera. It's got a .3 trigger speed, 70 feet detection distance with adjustable sensitivity. I like to run mine on high, uh, just because I just don't want to miss anything. Not to say it's going to, it's just something in my head, no matter what camera I've ever used, it's always been on high, but you can adjust it. A 30 second photo transmission, so right when it takes that photo, 30 seconds right to your phone, you got it. Adjustable image quality and uploaded photos, crisp HD images. Capable with the Exodus SB18 solar panel, which is key in my opinion, because the way batteries are going right now, it's freaking ridiculous in how much these things exp- or how much they cost. So you use these solar panels, and it's compatible with that. And once again, backed by the five-year no BS warranty. The Exodus Rival is officially opening for pre-sale January sixteenth, which was yesterday. Monday evening at 7.30 Eastern, so it is open for pre-sale right now, and uh, orders will begin shipping by February 6th, so use the code LAUNCH to save $30 off each camera while supplies last, or February 14th at midnight. Help support the podcast and Exodus by using the code LAUNCH at the website exodusoutdoorgear.com. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Fall Podcast. Today is going to be the kickoff of the season 23. Now, last year, I brought this into season 22, and it was just going to be in season. It was a like kind of a last minute little series I wanted to run, uh, and it was coming up on deer season. So, David and i were talking and we were, he was like how about we start season 23 early i mean we're we're starting season 23 now it's like it never ends so um we're gonna kind of take you through the year of what we're doing i mean we he scouted the other day and i scouted the day after he did on our own properties respectively and um getting this episode up but we are you might hear some truck noise we are rolling down the highway asphalt cowboys right now we are heading to ata figured this would be a good time to do a little truck cast and uh get this we got four and a half hour drive so gonna do a couple podcasts and uh good way to kick off season 23 yeah man
2: we're uh we're chasing white lines today but just like aaron said you know in season 22 he brought a lot to you during the season and when we were kind of talking about it you know our season's aren't just in the fall you know when when people see success i i really think that it's it's uh underestimated really what goes into it so bringing bringing everyone through an entire kind of uh the entire process you know what i mean mm-hmm. it, it, there's a lot of uh i think some valuable information in it and you know when we're in the off-season, when we're talking about the scouting or running the trail cameras or glassing, even if just one person takes something from it, then uh, I, I feel like it's it's all worth it in my, to me.
1: Yep, for sure. No, I agree. Um, and like I said, this is going to be raw to the point, and we, you know, I'm shooting for 20 minutes or less on this. So let's get right into it. But first, I do want to say that this episode is brought to you by. Exodus outdoor gear, Exodus trail cams, whatever you want to call them. They are known as Exodus Outdoor Gear, but they are getting ready to launch their brand new rival trail cam. And I've yet to get this thing in my hands, but I've talked to Jake about it, uh, Hofer from Exodus. And these things, it's a price point cell cam. And like I said, before even getting my hands on it, just talking to Jake and seeing it online and getting kind of like the background on it i think it might be one of my new favorite trail cams (laughs) (laughs) it it, from from the pictures i've seen it it looks good yeah it looks good yep so this episode is brought to you by exodus outdoor gear so check those out go to ExodusOutdoorGear.com and uh buy anything you guys need there so let's get into this so let's start with you you scouted the other day uh Let's get into your scout mission, and then we'll get into to mine. So what did, what did you well, – first of all, what was your whole plan and going out there? What were you going to be doing? Now, this was January 8th? 7th. 7th. Yep. 7th. So January 7th. So the beauty about Season 22 and 23 was it's, like, real-time stuff. This is a few days after we've done it. We just haven't had time to record it yet. But we're going to be putting this stuff up literally either the day of or the day after. So you get it real time. So this is kind of an anomaly. But tell me why you were out there doing that that day okay so you know like aaron said it's the
2: the calendar is reading january 7th and for a lot of guys you know outside of michigan a lot of seasons are still going so those guys are still hunting but here in michigan our season ends on january 1 and i'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that are you know they 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 like to kind of wait in you know, they're waiting for these bucks that may be shed you know they they may have some targets they want to go after for the following year or they know of a survivor or two for the following year so they're just kind of waiting for the 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 antlers to drop but uh, i'm never really that guy because i i just my time is so much more valuable scouting than it is shed hunting in this particular january you know for everyone in michigan they all know that we just came off just a, a really nasty winter uh, storm over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not. Well, you here. weren't here
1: for it. I wasn't
2: here. No, <laughs> you were getting tan down yeah. in Florida. Yeah, we were. We were down down in Siesta Key having a good old time drinking beers, getting tan, all the good stuff. But now we're back in Michigan, and it's January seventh. and There's two things going on. One, there's no snow on the ground. Mm-mm. And the season's over, so mm-hmm. there's, in my opinion, there was no better time than to go out there and, and get started scouting because the scouting conditions we have right now in Michigan, and you know, like I said, we're rolling down to ATA, but you, you look back to January seventh, these are the kind of conditions we wait for, for in March. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it is. Everyone says, well, we gotta wait for the snow to leave, so then I can see the sign left from last fall. Don't wait for the snow to leave because the time is now. Right. So that's what kind of took me out there. You know, no snow and on top of it, I know everywhere is going to be a little bit different in Michigan, but a majority of my swamps are as dry as I've ever seen them for the month of January. So I've taken full advantage of dry swamps and no snow and it's it's time to get the boots on the ground.
1: Yeah. And that you hit the nail on the head right now in michigan as we're driving down the road we're in michigan still it looks like it's spring it looks like you know there's a little bit of snow in some of the ditches it looks like it's just melting from the winter and in turkey seasons we're knocking on the door kind of deal so i agree uh this is kind of an anomaly in a way usually there is snow on the ground here in michigan whether it's a skiff or whether it's two foot or whatever where we're at in michigan there's usually snow right now so i agree uh in the time is of an essence. Like, the, I feel like the more I can get done now, not the less I have to do in the spring, but the more jump start I have on the spring. And maybe, you know, instead of doing a weekend in the spring, maybe I just use that weekend here, you know, in the winter. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean,
2: how many, how many times have you sat around, you know, right after a season and we have two feet of snow and you're sitting there saying... Well, I can't as soon as the snow is gone, I'm gonna go scouting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can't wait. Well, don't wait. Like I said, the the time is now this this is absolutely perfect scouting conditions. Yes, there is a chance if you are really big into finding a particular buck's sheds that you could yes, you could bump him right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you if that is not like a high priority of yours, if your priority is going out there and seeing the sign that was laid down this last fall everything you can see right now is what was
1: happening these last 3 months yeah and that's going back to the shed thing all of our bucks have not shed yet so uh, this morning i glassed two bucks through the spotter yep. uh, that were still holding both sides yep. you know they were with, with like 11 does out neat in the winter wheat and just having a good old time and they weren't you know they were still holding yeah. so yep. um i'm not one to feel like i'm pushing deer because i'm not gonna lie to you basically all of the deer got shot too <laughs> like, they all basically yeah. are gone yep. for me so yeah. um i'm I, I do understand if you're out in the midwest or somewhere in michigan where yeah you might be chasing a deer and you just want them to like kind of hole up in your property i totally get that yeah. as well yep yep so what you what did you find uh in your endeavors you and the dog went out and walked all day what did you what'd you find in uh not that it's a big deal, but I figured since we're doing this on all these missions or scouting tours or whatever, how many miles did you put on? Oh, okay. You know, it's it's funny that
2: you asked that because I always talk about this with my buddies. Um, So I actually quit looking at how many miles I walk. Okay. Now I'm going to explain why. Years ago, kind of when Onyx kind of came out with a tracker and whatnot, and I I still use the tracker, right? Mm Because I want to kind of See where I'm at if I need to, or drop pins. But I I have found myself watching the ticker kind of go up, like, and I in my mind it was like, okay, if I don't walk four miles today, did I did I really cover any ground? Right. Okay. So to piggyback off that is, I kind of quit chasing the miles number, and I started more chasing quality miles. Okay. I'd rather spend my time scouting a really high quality, you know, two miles for the day than say, oh, hey, I walked six miles today. Does, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, okay. So I, I honestly don't know how many miles I walked on, on, uh, on this past Saturday. But what I did uncover is this particular piece that I walked, this is a piece I've hunted before. So it's nothing like... I'm going to go out there and uncover new ground. But what I do like to do is after the fall is I'm kind of spot checking areas that, you know, say in the last two years, those spots maybe haven't been all that hot during the fall. But I always I, I don't want to get complacent and think that I just know the property year in, year out, because things are always changing that, you know, the deer habitat. The, the way the deer are moving are changing the the growth out there is changing the water levels changing which is a really big thing in my area this year mm-hmm. where the swamps are as dry as they could be and i i could i did see a change in how the deer were actually using the swamps and going out there scouting on saturday is there one particular finger and i filmed all of it I've never seen this finger produce any type of deer sign. I've even ran cameras on there, and it's been pretty dead. This particular finger, whether it be the water levels in the swamps, out you know other hunter pressure or different uh, crop rotations, this finger looked like it was on absolute fire this last year. Okay, I got you. So I need to know. I need to know like all the conditions of the fall. And when I say all the conditions, I mean. You know, what did that nearby swamp look like? What did the nearest by uh, crop rotation look like? All that stuff. So that was one uh, really important thing that I took away from Saturday was, you know, don't get complacent just because you've hunted a piece, say, for a year maybe five or maybe even ten years. Go out, I'm out there spot checking areas, even though I've looked at them before. And another thing that I really took away from Saturday was I was pulling some of my SD card cameras that I put out there in July, Mm -hmm. and they haven't been checked all fall. And some of them have because I was looking for, for, you know, a particular buck here and there. But putting those SD card cameras in areas that I, I had questions about, you know, and letting those run all fall, maybe get some historical data moving forward. But not only can I go in there and I'm checking or to, I was actually pulling those cameras. I can actually right now see kind of what that, that deer sign was in there. Right. How heavy those trails were, you know, the, any of the rubs and in the nearby scrapes. So that was really two, two really big points that I, I, I wanted to take away on Saturday and kind of my third one. Um, some, some people may have seen me post this is uh, back in early October, my daughter Bailey, uh, she shot a buck. Uh, we thought it was a really good shot. Uh, just kind of ended up being a, a really odd blood trail and we never recovered it, but I actually was able to recover that deer the day I went out scouting. So that that, that was kind of the icing on the cake. Great day of scouting first first trip out in uh, season 23 and recovering Bailey's buck was it was, it was a great day.
1: Hey guys, we are teaming up with Hunter's Box Club this month to give away our newest t-shirt design for free for the first 100 listeners. All you have to do is cover the shipping. It's $6.99, and you got to click the link in the podcast notes to get that free box. The story behind this design is it is my biggest buck to date, the great Hambino. If you guys have not seen the video, it's on YouTube. Uh, You can check that out. But that is the antler that you see on the Fall Podcast logo is his antler. It was really unique. There's not another deer like it. It looked like it grew backwards. So it's a really cool story, really means a lot to me, and uh, it's basically something brand worthy in my opinion. So with every box you guys are going to get, the Fall Podcast exclusive design beer koozie and our measuring tape to tape out your next big deer or elk or mule deer, whatever it might be. The only way to get the free box with the Fall Podcast t-shirt design is to click the link in the podcast notes. First 100 boxes are free, but you must order before the end of January. So get ordering, support the Hunter's Box Club. They're a great company. We did this last year with them, and I can't thank you guys enough. You know, good way to start off the year for yourself. I went out, and I was on limited time, Mm -hmm. but I went out, and I put two hours, a little over two hours in, I walked just over two miles, but same, I'm same, same, same you are like two, like good miles. Like I'm not talking about a half mile that I walked across an open field to get to another piece of timber. I'm talking like I was on in the timber scouting the whole time. Like I wasn't, um, you know, putting uh, bad miles in or on, I don't know what it is, but anyway, I, I put two pretty solid, good miles in, and, couple takeaways I had. I was out there pulling some cameras as well. But also, I had some light bulb moments that hit me, and I found 16 open scrapes, okay? But the shocking thing was, is 13, no, I'm sorry, 12 out of the 16 scrapes were under beech trees. Yep. Two of the, or no, three of the scrapes were under, were under vines, Yep, just like the little, I don't know if they're called fruit vines or whatever, they're just like little wispy vines, and then one scrape was under a pin oak. Okay. Now, in the past, I know that, like, beech trees are, like, the heavy scrape tree around me, and I think it's a beech, it's like a smooth tree that has yellow leaves on it, and it holds their leaves, like, literally all year. Yeah. And, um, So I found a lot of scrapes, open scrapes too, and I'm talking like scrapes that are getting hit still right now by young bucks or deer. They're just checking them out, which is mind-blowing to me. I just don't – I still – I want to look a little farther into that and why that is. I'm going to try to do some racing stuff here. Just a second. (laughs) You got them. I'm sick of people that do not use their cruise control, and they're in the hammer lane, and and, and we're just – driving Miss Daisy. Don't understand it. Uh, just get over it, please. Um, so anyway, that's my rant for the day. But yeah, so I did come across a scrape and I called you, FaceTimed you actually. So on this is, I did it on my family farm. So I come across a giant scrape and the kicker is it's on the neighbors and it's literally five feet onto of the neighbors. And I filmed all this And I'm just looking at it from five feet away. You can see the fence right in front of me. And I'm like, okay, so how do I pull those deer to me, like where I can hunt them? So that's when I FaceTimed you and was like, have you ever, do you have any, you know, experience with this and maybe trying to pull deer 20 feet, 20 yards, whatever it is on your side, make like a little trap there so you can hunt them now. A lot of people, if you watch the footage when it comes out, if we do put it out, is, like, there's a heavy runway that comes off my property right onto the neighbors, and they're hitting the scrape. And, yeah, I could hunt them coming to it on that runway, but, like, I want to try something here. I want to see if I can mimic this scrape. So I took pictures of it from a distance. It's on a beech tree. And it just so happens, thirty yards away on my property, I have about the same beech tree. Mm-hmm. the The licking branch is at my head. It looks like, and it. I mean, we're talking truck hood size, and it is like carved out of the ground. Yeah. And you can see about every deer in this section had hit this at some point or another. And it is just, it's. And the funny thing is, is it's in the middle of a mile section. Mm-hmm. You can't hear cars from here. It is in the middle. comes out of a finger of a swamp up on top into some hardwoods. And it's in the transition from the hardwoods to a clear cut. The neighbors are clear cut. But it's a, it's like a 7- or 8-year-old cut. So the, the, the popples are growing up again. So that's when I FaceTimed you and was like, hey, do you have any experience with this? I think I'm going to try it. So come this spring, and hell, I might even go back and start building it now. Yeah. But, like, I'm going to build a scrape and see and monitor it with cameras and just see, you know, I might even position a camera to where you can see my scrape, and then in the distance you can see that other scrape and yep. see how the deer use it and what, and, I don't know, little uh, little experiment.
2: Yeah. In you know, when you FaceTime me, <clears throat> the, the first thing that kind of came to my mind was that, you know, you could, and you know, for everyone listening, I've also been up there. So I also have a little bit of idea of the way of the land. And when he, when he's FaceTiming me, I can actually see, like, I, I, I have a picture of what he's actually showing me. So the way those deer travel through there, it, you know, you had that real big scrape and then naturally you had a couple more scrapes. Mm-hmm. And every time it seems to be, seems to me that when I find, say, a, a, a cluster or a line of scrapes like that, there's always one that will be more powerful than the others. Sure. And just by the looks of it, you could tell the one is a lot more powerful than the others. It Unfortunately, it's not on the land that you can hunt. And so naturally, the first thing I think is that, well, maybe you got to do something different. You know what I mean? But I think your idea is great because, like, you've already known uh, that it's the beach trees that are up there. You know what I mean? And that is such location dependent because down where I'm at in Southern Michigan, I don't have that. Right. Yeah, I'm not seeing that, but you're definitely seeing it up there. And when I came up there with you, we were seeing that. So I I think that that's a great idea. And I, I really, really, really think it's a good idea of if you can have that camera pointed just right where you can almost see both. Because let's just say you don't you, let, let's just say you build a scrape and you're not having the results you have. I would not be a bit surprised with the way that, the land and the terrain is flowing right there, that you're still not going to pick up the movement on cameras anyways, just because it, it just looks they're, they're coming through there anyways. They're just getting, they have a really great uh, stopping point with that scrape on the neighbor's right. land.
1: Yep. Well, and I think too, this will be the last point here. We're getting up on 20 minutes. Uh, I think to the reason why I want to do this also is I don't think it's gonna hurt anything. I don't think it's gonna put deer on shock to be like, oh God, I'm not gonna use this anymore. You know what I mean? And who knows? Like the there is the neighbors have a tree stand right on our property line. I mean, literally if the guy wears a size twelve boot, he's trespassing. Like, (laughs) you know, so and I'm not I'm not mad at that. Like, you know, he's got no shooting lanes cut our way. Like I it is what it is. Yeah. You know, yep. they have just as much right to hunt right there that I do right on the property line on my side. Yep. So he could have built that scrape there and the deer have just taken it over. And if he has, then great. Because that thing is, it almost kind of looks like a mineral licking as far as like it, how it carved out it is. But you can tell, I mean, the licking branch is right there, it's broke. So yeah, I don't think it's going to really be high impact, like uh, going to put the deer on shock, like not going to use this. I'm literally just trying it to see if it's going to work, yeah, you know, and see if I can pull deer 20 feet to get them on my side. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, those deer are
2: coming through there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Deer they're they're coming, coming through, through there. And, and one more thing before we jump off this one is I think you and I both were seeing this. A lot of the scrapes I was finding, the lot of scrapes that you were finding, they, guys, these, these scrapes have tracks in them. I, I have one, like we just talked about earlier. We had a big snowstorm come through. I have a scrape that has fresh like pawing marks in it Mm -hmm. you know so always take that note it
1: put it in the bank and keep moving on for sure well that'll be a wrap on the first episode of season 23 as i'm trying to change three lanes highly illegal at one time and uh yeah but thank you guys for all the all the support all the downloads all the listens everything seriously ridiculously amount of good amounts of of feedback Uh, The series we're running out right now, One Giant Mistake, people are loving it. I'm so happy you guys are. The stories are unbelievable. Thank you for all that. Please do me a favor. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating. And then write a written review in there because that, that, just, that just helps so much. And uh, you can do the same thing on Spotify. You can't do a review, but you can leave a rating. So go in there and leave a five-star there as well. Thank you guys very much. We'll have uh, probably six or seven podcasts coming out of ATA, so I'm pretty excited about that. We're rolling down, and uh, we'll be launching these here soon. So thank you guys very much.